one seat over from me was a little girl, probably eight or nine, with her mom and dad, who, and she was the one that wanted to go see Ghostbusters. And I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. And it was hilarious because the trailers were running and she was so pissed. She's like, I want to watch this movie. <laughs> and she was talking at the screen. Her mom was like, shh, shh. And I'm just over here like cracking up. I was, And I le- leaned on my wife. I was like, this little girl gets it. Welcome back to Digitally Distracted. I am Game Dave, and oh boy, this is it's unique. You know, this channel's all about the games, and that's why today there will be a, a discussion about a movie the whole time, because it's been more than 30 years since Ghostbusters 2, and here it is, an actual sequel to the original Ghostbusters films. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know I like a the Ghostbusters. Probably my favorite film of all time, or films. Definitely in the top three. Definitely in the, in the top three. I mean, I did a family corner on new Ghostbusters too. I wore the suit. Clearly, I know what's going on with Ghostbusters. So this meant a lot to me. And I just saw the film yesterday, released November 19th, 2021. But I can't just sit here and talk at a camera by myself. I needed to employ a fellow ghost head. Yes, unfortunately, that's what we're called, ghost heads. (laughs) And with me today on Digitally Distracted, I have a very special guest who I have been a guest upon, not on him physically, but on his show. But with me today is Adam from the Cinemadness podcast. Adam, welcome. I'm glad you're here to talk Ghostbusters with me, and I'm a little PO'd that you had to outdo me with the classy Ghostbusters button-up, and I'm over here with a, with a spotted t-shirt, or as my son likes to call it, is that your sprinkled Ghostbusters shirt? Reasons to watch the video version right there. So, Adam, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, thrilled to be on your show finally after months and months of trying and uh <laughs> i am and, uh, naggable very naggable <laughs> so uh i'm excited to get into this let's get into this absolutely last time we uh we had a podcast-esque chat i was with you and allison and roman from the cinemadness podcast to talk about the back to the future trilogy and just how good it is is there a better trilogy of course not oh wait now Ghostbusters is a trilogy, technically. We could talk about that a little bit later, but if you want to check out that episode of the Cinemadness podcast, I highly recommend you check it out because, I mean, I was the fourth member of that episode, so clearly high quality. We had some good times, and Roman even asked questions that threw us for no loops <laughs> with Neil, Gr- Neil deGrasse Tyson versus Doc Brown. That's all I'll say. That is all I'll say. <laughs> but, Adam, I, I think what we should do the smartest thing here with Ghostbusters Afterlife. You, of course, saw it opening night and the whole special soiree. We'll get into that stuff later. Um, I got to see it Friday. 
because work, but I made it happen. I still took a personal day to go see it, and everybody at work knew. They're like, why is he taking off? Then they started to see the advertisements. They're like, you're taking off to see that new little Ghostbusters movie. It looks cute. That's what the nurse said at my work. It looks cute. It looks cute. I'm like, cute. Great. It's PG-13, all right? Why don't you calm down? All right? It's not a, it's not a family film. But... I think we're going to stay away from spoilers. Let's try to stay away from spoiler, spoilers Ooh, in the beginning okay. so they can enjoy the beginning if they haven't seen okay. it yet. And then we're just going to crush it. So you're only <laughs> going to be able to watch a little bit. And then you are got to go see the movie and come back because we have got – you can't have a proper discussion about what happens in this film without diving uh, blaster first, neutrino or neutrona wand first, depending on what <laughs> what you prefer to call it. Uh, because there are some crazy things going on in this movie. Some things that I did not expect. Some things that I expected but didn't want to happen. Maybe happened. Hmm? But I think the very first thing I want to say, let's, let's go back and forth and say, um, one, number one question that we need to answer is, is it a good movie? Just period. Is it a good movie, Adam? That is a really tough question. Oh, um, I thought it'd be... I really didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> it's a tough question okay. if you're not... If you're if you're just going from a discernible, you know, cinematic experience and not coming in as a fan. Uh, as, a, as a movie movie, it's all right. Whoa. Now, do you think... Would you say... I would have said, said, it's a good movie. I would say it's a good movie. I would say it's a good movie. Um, outside of the fandom, which does matter here for sure. I kind of see what you're I hear what you're saying. I smell what you're stepping in. But Adam, is this a movie that you think requires prior Ghostbusters knowledge? Do you need to know the first films? To would, enjoy it. Not appreciate everything, but enjoy it at least. I would think you would at least have to know what happened in the first movie at least. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of my complaints was they didn't they really didn't acknowledge the second one that much. But Thank you. First- Thank you. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Dan Aykroyd has said in all these interviews, you know, it takes what the first two did and it expands upon the first two. You keep saying that, Dan. Look, we love you, Dan. <laughs> I drink you, Dan. I love you, Dan. Everybody knows what that means when I say I drink you, Dan. However, Danny boy, there's, mm, I can't say this yet, but there <laughs> were several chances, several opportunities for them to at least sideways reference Ghostbusters 2 easily. They could have done it in a, a throwaway line from our little boy podcast and it would have been fine. I'd have been like, okay, good. So it happened. I left this movie not knowing if they Halloweened this thing and ignored 2. I don't I don't know. I was very upset. I was super happy when I when I um for those of you who don't know, the original teaser pooped out on the internet with just the the cloth being revealed um, for the Ecto in the barn. That dropped the day my son was born. Oh, wow. I, and didn't I was like, that. I was like, shh, shh, shh. Wife, quiet, quiet. <laughs> I know you just pushed something out. However, the internet did too. <laughs> They're making an actual sequel to Ghostbusters. <laughs> and we knew nothing at the time. It was like so cryptic. World exploded. We finally got the movie out. 
McKenna Grace is going to college. It's been so long. <laughs> um, but she has long hair and yeah. and and long hair they're like they're like twenty two now. Pop star. Uh, <laughs> but what threw threw me in that initial teaser was. I, I hit that fear hit me. You know, we've talked about this. I have a huge heart for Ghostbusters too, as it, it gets pooped on a lot by people who I can't say don't get it, but just cause it mm-hmm. sounds better for uh, the virality, <laughs> they don't get it. Oh, they don't be, get it. It's gonna be the title: <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. People don't get Ghostbusters too. That'll be the. <laughs> That'll get them clicking. But I hate when people are like, Ghostbusters 2 so bad. Oh, how they, they ruined the first movie with Ghostbusters 2. And uh, I think Ghostbusters 2 is super fun. Allison agrees. I think you and yep. Roman agree. Yep. <laughs> we had this discussion. It's, it's a fun watch. It's a great, it's a great movie. Um, Peter Venkman's more likable, which we'll also talk about uh, a little bit later. I have some I have some qualms with you, Pete Venkman. Uh, so do I. Yeah. this is why why I had you on but I think we are going to disagree about some things as we get into it but Ghostbusters (laughs) 2 I was like that is not the Ecto-1A in the barn Mm -hmm. so either now my excuse was always I talked about this on the stream on Twitch every Thursday night 9pm Eastern check it out Uh, I did discuss after these trailers have kind of come out that maybe the, the big thing I think with the Ghostbusters is they didn't manage their money well so when they got money, they spent it on ridiculous amounts of things. I mean, they mortgaged the house for the firehouse. They they got the worst possible building. They got this car that they didn't really need to get. They made it even more ridiculous. And then Ghostbusters 2 comes around. The business is back. Let's make a second car even more ridiculous. Not just fix up the one we have. Let's just get even crazier. Maybe they bought another Miller Meteor ambulance and made right. an Ecto-1A out of that. So they actually had two because originally... The license plates said Ecto-2, and they changed it to oh, Ecto-1A yeah, yeah. later. There's Ecto-1A. One, yeah. one shot remains in the original. Um, I think when they pull up in the uh, in the yellow suits before they went into the sewers, the front of the license plate says Ecto-2 because they hadn't swapped it yet. So maybe that is a second vehicle in Ecto-1A. Uh, the original Ecto-1 was somewhere. That was I was like, I'll give it that. I'll give it that maybe. I don't know if that's the case. It, did, it didn't outwardly say Ghostbusters 2 didn't happen, but we'll talk about why I don't think they felt like dealing with it because the <laughs> logo and all the other issues that might be out there. But, oh, oh, wait, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> okay, right after, right after filming this episode of the Digitally Distracted Podcast, Jason Reitman, director of Ghostbusters Afterlife, 100% confirms... Yes, Ghostbusters 2 is canon. Uh, it happened. And the fate of the Ecto-1A may be explained in a sequel? What? Did, oh, if only we knew. Okay, now back to me. From me. <laughs> and Adam. So, to agree with you, Ghostbusters, you gotta see the first one. You have to have seen it. Maybe not recently. I think it might be even more fun for someone who's not as familiar as us to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife and be like, oh, that seems fun. That's fun. <laughs> If you've seen the original maybe 10 years ago, you haven't seen it in a while, but you know the gist of it, to see this, I think, is is fun. So most people at least would know the Ghostbusters. They get the idea. I think they'd know who Egon is, um, which is <laughs> slightly important <laughs> the film. Just a little bit. Just a little bit important. Uh, so you say it's – so you would say that the movie outside of the fandom – would you say it's mediocre then? It's it's above meteor. It's good. Okay, so um, it's good. 
what what I what I did like about uh, when I when I was doing a doing the um, the, the the cosplay event at the uh, theater last night mm-hmm. was these was families coming out with their kids and they're like and the the parents are like they've never seen anything about it before and they really enjoyed the movie and in my mind I'm like that's what this is for mm-hmm. yeah and now they can go back and watch the original one and see all like the footage that they showed in the in the in the, in afterlife and stuff and be like oh this happened this and this happened then there's the commercial and so i taken on that i was like yeah it it's it's good it's good and it's good for the new, the new generation so yeah and i think it's always felt and i don't know if that was i really don't think that was intentional that the original Ghostbusters movies became these things that could be a family-enjoyed thing. But it was a different time where those movies became... All those movies became family movies because this is this mm-hmm. is the pre-PG-13 era. You know, there's right no at way... Right the cusp because that, that was right when Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. Exactly, exactly. So where this one, there's no way this wouldn't be PG-13 with what was in Ghostbusters Afterlife. There was some... And I was happy because it had this feeling, and I guess other people have been saying this, it had this feeling like it fit in that era of movies. It did not feel or play or sound like a movie that would come out now. Yes, It exactly. sounded like it was written through the lens of that i would say later 80s sort of era i know some some people in our discord were talking about uh had had a gremlins vibe to it which i could Mm -hmm. kind of see um but it it felt like it was in that universe it felt like it fit in that world and i know some of the complaints out there were the trailers made it seem so serious like this is a huge (laughs) it's so deep ghostbusters isn't serious that's not ghostbusters when you see the movie that i think will be washed away very quickly and the comedy feels so 80s because it's that thing where the adults are not the responsible people that modern movies sometimes make them out to be in a way or it's it's always a, a adult learning to be responsible and trying to live in the past nowadays with these mature movies but it felt like like paul rudd we knew i mean he's so likable it didn't really matter what he did but his character becomes a character from the past that i would have never expected i did not call that at all that he was going to be the stand-in for a certain someone and yeah. he was hilarious and he was the most irresponsible dude in this movie right so, so would you hire him at your school no way <laughs> no As way your science teacher worst teacher ever um so i don't think this is spoilers but his mr gruberson i mean when you title his character as mr gruberson i think it's clear he's a teacher <laughs> he's he's the summer school teacher at this um in somerville summer school somerville where the the kids are are going the spangler family that is not a that is not a reveal that they are the spangler family and they're uh, going to summer school and he's the summer school teacher and he is treating it like an 80s summer school or an 80s detention hall is what i got the impression from he's treating it like like mr shoop from the movie summer school and he goes in and plays movies and just like turns off the kids deep cuts and he plays vhs (laughs) Which That's the right. kids are like, huh? And he puts on old garbage horror movies for the kids <laughs> to watch. Um, at one point, he's playing the original Child's Play for them to watch. 
and he's the science teacher, and that's what he does, and he sits in the back and does his own thing the whole time. The kids just watch these super these rated R horror movies, which is such an 80s thing, because yep. I remember when we were younger, kids were obsessed with horror icons and things that were for adults, and they, they were able to have things that were merchandise related for them. Absolutely. Where now that is shied away from, but the kids still are watching the stuff the parents are watching that they definitely shouldn't be. They're still aware of it. Like I know when they did the It remake, kids at the school were talking about it. Like, ooh, that's It. That's Pennywise. I'm like, why do you know? <laughs> what? This one's way worse than the Tim Curry one. That I even don't think you should see. But that's it was at least on TV. Good lord. <laughs> Like, the new ones were pretty little hard watches. And then, but they know all about it. But it's not like, but the merchandising is not pushing it stuff for kids. Whereas back then, there were there were alien toys. There were Terminator toys. There, you know, you had Freddy costumes. There were Freddy pajamas. Fre- yes. Kids dressed as Freddy Krueger and Jason when we would do, like, the elementary school costume parades back then. That was, like, not weird. And uh, <laughs> yeah, my parents, my parents took me to see these movies. I was like five, six, seven, eight. They're like, you want to go see Nightmare on Elm Street? I'm like, hey, yeah, let's go see Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's go see Aliens. I didn't like I didn't like the horror as a kid. I've, I've come to appreciate Freddy and uh, Halloween is, I think, my favorite series. But uh, my brother and my mom were the big horror people. And my brother would draw. He'd be in third grade and he'd, he would draw Freddy Krueger at school. <laughs> and the teachers are like. I don't know. I don't know about this one. And guess what? We still don't. We still don't know about him. <laughs> uh, good Good thing he doesn't watch these. But <laughs> So outside of that, uh, this is... Yeah, it is... definitely felt like a 1980s yeah. horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with, with, a, with that polish that modern, you know, uh, technology can bring to it. it uh, I was so impressed with the score. Right? I was just about to say, and the music helped. How? they And I love in the credits, they credit main titles. Got Elmer up there, the original yep. composer. But I'm a Randy Edelman fan. I love the Ghostbusters 2 score. I'm glad we finally got a release of it. It has a, such a fun, like, Ghostbusters superhero feel to it that the courtroom yes. music alone is just like, ba ba um, And I know it gets, it's not the same. Elmer Bernstein stuff, Berenstain. <laughs> <laughs> is is beloved and it took that and expanded upon it in a way that the the original score for Ghostbusters no offense it's pretty bare there's not a lot to it but it's effective it's, it's a strange score yes but it's very effective this one took it took it and made it not as strange and it was so fitting in almost every scenes and it never got old where I think yeah. the original score I'm not gonna pop that in I'm not going to jam to that on my way to work the way I could Ghostbusters 2 score and this score. I think I could I could I could listen to this casually. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. In fact, uh, going back going back to the theater event last night, I have a Bluetooth speaker in my Proton pack and I was playing the score from the first movie Mm -hmm. and the score the the score piece. We got one came on and I'm like, this is not very good. (laughs) Like this, I'm gonna change this. Well, there and there's that um, that unused track, which was like his sort of um, Ghostbusters theme. 
yes, which was yeah. very like it was like the it was that era of the the sort of the Rain Man theme where it's like though I do like the the version of it that kind of plays that that did remain in the original movie when they have their Judgment Day conversation Winston and Ray and they're yeah they're driving yeah, that, on the bridge that slap bass. it's like boom 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 and I'm like hmm, okay the Night Court song <laughs> yeah but man they they crushed it and I was a little sad because there was the the trailer music of the score did not I don't think it appeared in the movie anywhere where it actually I don't think so no hit those notes I'm hoping it's on the the score that was just released digitally and I know there's going to make a physical version of it I'm hoping that track is in there it's online you can find the clean um track it's it's really nice um and and the soundtrack the actual soundtrack the non-score music felt like tracks for the most part except for the field driving scene felt <laughs> very fitting and it gave it this almost like 50s like 60s feel which the town was clearly still living in the 50s and yep. 60s it had that small roller town skate feel. diner and yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost like it almost felt like a little bit more hip beetlejuice town where the you know where the maintenance <laughs> were just living off past the bridge from it had that kind of feel. You had the little hardware store, and everybody kind of knows each other. It's you know, pretty quiet, and they they ignore these random earthquakes that have randomly started, and they're just <laughs> eating there. Well, ah, mm, the kids don't even care. Like, there's no, where are these coming from? And, uh, yeah, the feel was there. I'm very, I'm so, in the moment, I'll say the first, like, 75% of the movie, though, I think I was engaged, and I was like, this is so good. I thought it was just a great movie. I leaned over to my wife. I was like, "This, this is a good movie. This is good." You do not go through that feeling. How? What did you think? A strange feeling throughout the whole movie. I, I didn't think in good or bad. I was watching the movie and I was just, I was frozen, and I'm just kept thinking, "This was made for me." Mm-hmm. That, that's all that was going through my head. Like. It felt like a fan film that was made for the fans. Yeah. And I felt I was in awe of 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 that feeling the whole time. And um, but like I said, discerning it away from being a fan, it's hard to judge it as a movie alone. Yeah. Now, that's what I told. I I told friend of the show for excuse me, former friend of the show, Nop Top. (laughs) I said that to him. I was like. I was like, you, you mean your last guest? <laughs> He'll never be on the show again. Um, I, I said, you, I was like, you don't get it because this movie wasn't made for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of those early reviews before the movie came out, I stayed away. Once that final trailer came out where we saw that little peak, that weirdly framed shot of them <laughs> holding three wands like they've never held a proton wand before, really threw me. They're like... And I could see the ring, so I was like, okay, clearly somebody's married, wink. And, uh, you know, they're aiming it, and I was like, at first I was like, are they trying to trick me into thinking that's them, and that's the kids? I don't know. Uh, We'll say what the reveal of that is a little bit later. And when I saw that last trailer, I stayed away from all clips. I didn't watch any of the interviews. Like, he's going to be on Fallon. It's like, I don't need to hear Jimmy Fallon laugh for 10 minutes at nothing. So I didn't watch any of that. I, I've since gone back and watched that stuff. And yes, old Danny, you know, he's got to reel in the vodka because he's talking. 
He says some <laughs> things. I love him, but man, he says some things. He was talking about how Egon was always a skeptic. I'm like, when in the original movies was Egon Spangler ever skeptical? Peter was skeptical. He's like, what have you right. seen? You guys are running your behinds around town. And Egon's like, well, I think we can actually catch a, a ghost. Like He believed him from the beginning. I don't think there was ever a moment where Egon was skeptical. Yeah, the first scene you see of Egon, he's he's examining a desk with a stethoscope. That's not that's not the work of a skeptic. And or a typical scientist. <laughs> you know true. what? I'm going to use the scientific method here. I'm going to hook these headphones up to this desk. <laughs> I want to hear this wood. I want to hear it real nice. It's oaky. It's oak hickory. <laughs> but, uh, so there's some weird things that were said in there. I'm glad I didn't watch them, though, because it was... I'm glad I didn't see them together prior to seeing the movie. And I was really worried about the spoilers. I did some of the filtering didn't work. I stayed off, you know, Twitter. So I muted a lot of goose, goosebusters. Goosebusters Goosebusters. is a weird parody of Ghostbusters. I stayed away from a lot of the, I muted Ghostbusters related social media stuff because I know a thumbnail, a bad scroll on a thumbnail is going to ruin you. And there were some, some critic things that came through and there was a lot of complaints about the fan service. And I'm like, let's let's think. Let's really break down what movies are. <laughs> right. right. Are, do you not go to a movie to be serviced? I. And if I'm a fan, don't I want that service? Please service me. Hard PG. <laughs> service me all day. And that, good or bad, is exactly what Ghostbusters Afterlife is. It is the most servicey film without... Going to extremes, not extreme Ghostbusters, but not extreme, because there's a lot of Sadly, moments. there was no Kylie, no. No, right, no Kylie. No, hey, we love Kylie. Um, no Roland, you know, yep. peace Roland. But there was a lot of buildup. There was a lot of character development. And I was saying this to the game wife, how it's interesting how few characters are in this movie. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, can I count the actual characters? Like, yeah, you can be like, well, there's the guy who owned that store. Right. The teenagers. Yeah, there's teenagers (laughs) who feel like 80s teenagers. Yep, yep. Who bullied are are definitely, he's, he's, Trevor, from Stranger Things, uh, (laughs) Trevor, (laughs) I thought was going to be, he was almost like a minor character in this movie. Yeah. Um, which fine because he kind of annoys me. No offense, but I was, I, he did not annoy me in this movie and I, I thought he might. Yeah. He didn't have that same, same stuff that he had in it where it was just like, Oh, I'm going to be the sarcastic one all the time or, or always going to be the stranger things kid. And it did not, not for a moment. Did I feel like, Oh, stranger things at all? Yeah. Not at all. And he was kind of likable. Um, cause he, you know, of course there was the. There's the unsung hero of the movie, Podcast. He was my absolute favorite. Podcast stance. My prediction, my Twitch prediction was, okay, looking at his hair, he's got (laughs) that Ray stance, crazy hair that doesn't make sense. Because like Egon in the original has the pompadour, crazy high hair. But there's something about stance hair that is just like anti-gravity in that first movie. And I think even Bill Murray made fun of him in a behind the scenes interview saying like, Oh, you got a porcupine haircut guy. 
because it's like a porcupine. But when I saw a podcast in the first, those early trailers, I think it was the international trailer was the first time you could see him when he hits the yeah. um, the goggles. And I was like, man, it was so cool if he was like related to Ray because he's got, I mean, he's got a little bit of the hair gene in there. Unfortunately, not really a spoiler. It didn't turn out that way. Everybody kind of said that on the Twitch stream when I said that. Like, I don't think he's related to Ray at all. But not, there were some... Not, not uh, by family, no. No, no. But definitely <laughs> a, a fan of the technology. And um, what and I also like... process. Yeah, exactly. They kind of pushed it in the trailers that she... Um, that our main character, really, she is, was going to push through all this technology stuff completely on her own. We'll get to that. And she doesn't. And I'm. they did it in a way that I'm surprised I liked. I did not think I was going to like... Again, it was very happening. 80s. Yes, it was very 80s. And the way that it was shot and the way things uh-huh. moved was like, this is so old school yes. in the greatest way. Um I'll say so to kind of we got to get into spoilers because it's just uh, you know we're just I'll just say we're pee footing around on how to really discuss this but just I'll put a I'll big s- banner up <laughs> exactly so let's just give a final non-spoilery thoughts and some last things for me like I said that the feel was great it feels like it's in the same universe despite those trailers tricking you into thinking it's going to be some like overly deep like they were the Ghostbusters and I just there's enough of that like. Look, they slimed the interior of the Statue of Liberty and walked it down uh, Manhattan. This this fits. <laughs> this fits. It absolutely fits in a weird way. The way people react to things fits. It's not. It's set in a realistic sort of setting. The characters feel like real people. It doesn't. It doesn't fall for the Dumb and Dumber Two problem where. Dumb and Dumber, the original with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, they felt like they could be real people. And there were moments of levity where, like, this is a real world. The reactions to these people are real. Everyone else seems like a real person. Dumb and Dumber 2 was Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels doing Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels impressions of Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels being Harry and Lloyd. And it felt so forced. And all the characters around them were dumb and dumber characters. They were so exaggerated that they didn't feel like they fit anywhere and it wasn't like a real world. This got it right. The acting is, I would say, 90% excellent. Um, The music was great. It was shot really well. The CG was done well. There were some things that I felt could have been practical. Um, Some of the slime stuff, and it wasn't over, they didn't over slime it. They didn't. Nope. They didn't over slime it. There was just enough, like that first film, because there's really not a lot of slime in the first movie. Even on Peter, when he gets slimed, he's not really that covered. But yeah. I wish that slime. I wish Muncher's slime, which is the blue ghost. You've seen him in the trailers. I wish that slime was practical, but you could tell it was CG in the, yeah. in the foundry, um, <clears throat> dripping. The dripping was threw me a little bit. I was like, come on. You could have gooed that up a little bit. You could have gooed that up. But overall, the ghosts looked good. Um, I don't think you can really replicate the original film's ghosts because it was that weird thing of you knew they were real puppets. Yeah. Given that sort of feel, and obviously they went the CG route uh, when it came to the ghosts. Though Terror Dog, very impressed with some practical Terror Dogs. I bet those bad boys were expensive. (laughs) Uh, 
But I like the zombie. The zombie yes. guy was was practical. Yes, that's true. Very reminiscent of the taxi driver um, yes. in the first movie. I like that nod because this is a movie of nods. It's a movie of fan service. I felt properly serviced. It was not one hundred percent perfect for what I imagined. There's some things I would have changed, which we can't talk about quite yet. We're about to in a minute. But overall, I got what I would have liked to have. And if this is the end, if? Why is he saying that? If this is the end, I'm okay. It was a nice swan song, specifically for one Ghostbuster. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Adam, what's your final non-spoilery hit on there? Uh, well, I saw it in a theater filled to the brim with other Ghostbusters, and it was it was a magical evening because we were all cheering and clapping and laughing and crying. I ugly cried probably throughout the last third of the movie. Weird. Uh, Wonder why <laughs> I also... <laughs> had to cry like a baby. Uh, I, was, I, I was like, stop it. Why now? It's just a picture. <laughs> well, I have I have I have weird reasons to cry too. Like the first time they shot off the proton stream, I was like, oh my god, it's real. <laughs> or, <laughs> or even I even started I even started like 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 just breathing heavily when certain music cues happened. I was like, this is this is this is great. Score, and like you yeah, said, it's, it's so good. It's, it hits. It, absolute fan service and it should be fan service it's the third movie in a mo- in a series that has fans <laughs> and yeah it just doesn't it, it you know critics when they when they when they do stuff like that they 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 always do that like especially with with the horror movies of the 80s they're like oh it's all the just the same old thing and like but people go there to see the same old thing we, we went in to see you know, proton streams and ghosts and and hear hear terrible bad dad jokes and and see see stuff that we've seen before because that's what we want to see. Um, it was a brand new brand new take, brand new story, a good wrap up to the 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 series. If it would if it is a wrap up, it's it's a good bookend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh, in the moment at the theater and uh i can't wait to see it again with a bigger screen and uh much better sound oh yeah well the sound i will tell you uh, i saw it in a cinemark xd theater and a good loud (laughs) the audio was insane and that first time that she fires that phoebe fires that proton pack the the way they mixed the sound was in insane it blasted people in the theater jumped and by people in the theater i mean the other 12 people in the theater because there was <laughs> i saw it early on a friday which is how i like to see movies but i could see i would have liked to see a packed theater how they would have reacted because i don't know what the makeup of that theater was but it was it was a small crowd there was and despite that there were some moments of, mm-hmm. but it was horrible because it was like eight people. So it sounded like, this might sound louder than it did in that theater because it was like that awkward thing of like, they wanted to clap, but they wanted other people to clap. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy, you know, applauding at the credits, but you do. Um, there's a very when nice they, group of people. 
was good. When the alarm, when not the alarm, when the uh, siren went off for the first time, everyone just stood up and cheered. Oh, I'm sure. It was a, it was a it was a great moment to be in that theater. Those moments were our Captain America Thor hammer, you know, yes. that everyone spoke about. And that did happen when I saw Endgame. I was in a packed mm-hmm. theater, a small theater, but yeah, those were the crazy like, oh, moments. And it would have been nice to see those, but I'm not really, you know, it's not like I was at an event. And I don't know if Ghostbusters is going to have those from the regular viewer. And I don't I don't know. It's also a weird time. Like, yeah, Endgame was pre-pandemic. It's a different thing with theaters, but uh, when you we talk, yeah, the sound was really good at that Cinemark XD. It was, it was a great, uh, not a sponsor, but <laughs> I mean that if there's a good movie and I want to see it, that's that's pretty much my go-to now because IMAX. I've the only thing I saw in IMAX ever was The Dark Knight, and it was too much. It was <laughs> too much. I'm like, why? I I want to be I want to be Michael Keaton Batman and not have to turn my head. And then meanwhile I'm in the dark night where the whole thing is he can turn his head now and I have to turn my head to see where that dead Batman slammed into the the window because it happened over there. It was stupid. I, th- I think I went to PA to see it at uh, an IMAX theater in Pennsylvania but I was like, man, I I had to go see it again at home cuz I didn't I was like, man, I missed more seeing an eye in the IMAX theater and the sound because it's such a big theater it didn't sound as good mm-hmm. as it did in the the um, XD theater but the sound mix was good the the proton packs in this movie sound dangerous like <laughs> more than they have ever sounded the Ghostbusters 2 sound effects it's almost like cute the little ching when they start them yeah. up it's got a, a different sort of trebly sound to it but good lord they are intense in the way that the cyclotrons are spinning like they've never spun before in this new film uh so it made me appreciate the 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 new uh, hasbro pack coming out too mm, yeah we'll talk about that because we, you and i had a little <laughs> chat about that we'll, we'll see what happens we might have have get you turned you got to get us to nine thousand backers uh i i i did pre-order one so overall we like the movies as ghostbusters fans it's it's what we wanted it's probably more than we could have asked for but i still i would say for me there's probably 10 percent that i didn't quite get that would have been it would have pushed it to about 10 percent of what i imagined if it was in this movie it would have skyrocketed i would be like no this is this is the new trilogy um for me all right so we're gonna get if you haven't seen this movie and you care, goodbye, see ya, because we're, we're going to have to really break this down because I don't want to be here for five hours. Well, I do, but we can't. We just can't <laughs> justify it. There's so much to, to think about and talk about. We're going to miss things. We'll do our best. Um, but if you want to talk more, Thursday on Twitch, I'm sure I'll be discussing this even more with the <laughs> chat, so I'd love to have you there. I know Adam will be there, probably. I will. I never miss it. Never see? miss a Thursday. Adam gets it. Adam, not a fair weather watcher. Uh Okay, here we go. So it is spoiler time. It is spoiler time. So the biggest spoiler, not a spoiler. <clears throat> they they said this movie was going to be dedicated to Harold Harold Ramis. This is a this is an Egon Spangler movie. Um, yes, it starts and ends with Egon Spangler, the man in the final trailer that was running around. My wife thought that was Peter. She was like, I could just tell the way he was honking around that that was that was probably an old Peter Venkman with that trap. I was like, I don't know. Of course, that was Egon. 
So we'll kind of go through the movie a little bit, but uh, it sort of opens. I'm very impressed with this. We knew they were going to address Egon was going to be dead. We clearly heard her say that. Her grandfather passed away. And I did not expect it to be such a recent event. Yes. Um, Egon they Spangler. they did such a good job with that, too. Yeah, I was that opening. Wow. Because I, I was a little nervous when it started. I was like, okay, are they going to do, is the ghost going to come at the screen and the logo is yeah. going to come down? Or are they <laughs> going to do their own thing? And they did their own thing. And I think that was great. They basically did that at the end of the movie. The, yes. the logo coming in at the yeah. end. And I appreciate that because the tone of the end of the movie is a very different tone than the beginning of the movie, which is one of my, I like it because it tricks you, but it could be a problem for some because there's an inconsistent tone, which is true. Yeah. The tone of the yeah. final 20% of the movie, it does feel like a different movie. Yeah. Um, so Egon is, he's bearded, which is also kind of nice because Harold Ramis was pretty bearded towards the end of his life. Yes. Anyway, yeah. he, he had that look. He was definitely heavier. He was a badass in that scene. Man, he was moving. He was not, he was the brains and the brawn at the end of his life. Egon Spangler was not he effing was, around. He was like, he was like Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. The gray wizard version. He didn't quite make it to the white wizard yeah. version. But he, well, I guess, I guess he did at the end. Uh, he, maybe. Maybe. But it was so cool because it showed everything you needed in the beginning of the movie, where it was going to go, and you could not predict it from the way it went. The only thing you knew is Phoebe's going to find this trap. But what was going on with the farm? What is going on with this switch that malfunctioned? But basically, Egon's trying to catch something or fight something or he's running from something he's caught something he's using it as bait in a trap and the evil dead is coming for him is how it felt it felt <laughs> right it was straight up the evil yeah. dead except it's not the pov you finally get to see what the evil dead is in ghostbusters <laughs> afterlife it's coming for him the switch malfunctions he takes off he's hiding he gets dana barreted uh in the in, in the chair. chair and i was like ah this is that fan service they're talking about <laughs> But again, if they've done it before, why would it worked against Dana? Why wouldn't they use the same technique? All right. This stuff makes sense. It's not a rehash. It's logic. The way that Gozer and these terror dogs and you know the way Zul and Vince Clotho would work makes sense. And basically, they they said it was a heart attack. I guess yeah. autopsy wise is what did it. I would have a heart attack if that happened to me. You know, <laughs> Dana was in much better shape than Egon was at, at the end of his life. So. The terror dog gets through the chair, gets him, drops the PKE, and, and Egon dies at the beginning of the movie. And it is just a week later that we pick up with our friends, our new yes. friends. And uh, wow, that opening scene, and it just cuts to a nice, quiet intro. Uh, so, how'd that, so that hit you pretty good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting the, that much action and that much intensity yeah. uh, at the beginning of this movie. And it's weird because that's how Ghostbuster movies start. Yeah, they don't start happy. I mean, the second yeah. movie is a baby yeah. about to die getting hit by a bus. I usually skip that part because I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. It oh. it, 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 it hits me. It's not, it, it is a dark opening. Uh, five years later, everything about the Ghostbuster 2 opening is is dark. Um, yeah. Except for the beginning music. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Oh, you could be a human being. My baby! Like, it just gets dark <laughs> so quick. But this fits the bill. 
but it doesn't cut into the Ghostbusters theme. It keeps it quiet and somber because everybody in the theater is like, uh, that's got to be Egon. And uh, yeah. you can see, you know what it is? It's they kept it's they kept him in shadow, and I appreciate that. But you know, you know it's Egon. I suffer from the same problem sometimes <laughs> as Egon. The shadows catch him like, oh, that's yep, that's Egon Spangler, and yep, they, that's it why just enough, lit. yeah, just enough. It was it was it was respectful. It was. And they didn't they didn't do a they didn't pull a Grand Moff Tarkin. They 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 kept him in the shadows. Yeah, and it it was it was brilliant. And they and he was limping because his truck just flipped, and he's still <laughs> kicking. That didn't give him a yeah. heart attack, but the terror dog that he knew was coming gave him a heart attack. But he drops right. the PKE meter, and it was so. I mean, bravo! The PKE meter, as he dies, activates, and he is now a ghost. And that, and that new that new PKE meter, I want one so bad. With I am the, with the taser. so surprised how little that gets used in the movie because i was like oh yeah they, you know, they, they even released the toy the the yeah. new toy has that taser function i was like oh so we're gonna see this a lot barely utilized in the movie it's just showing that egon was always progressing his technology which i appreciate that it was yeah. subtle and not like it's the zapper let's go out and use this on some ghosts <laughs> and here's another piece of technology we're going to use because the first movie the proton packs are barely in it it's like what 12 minutes of footage of actually using the equipment because ghostbusters yeah. isn't really about equipment right um but whew, I, I was surprised at how much they held off on giving the action people what they wanted there was so much character development and because there's really only let's see trevor phoebe the mom uh gruberson um podcast and then you have lucky and lucky like yeah. that's the crew really and you have a couple minor characters but they get they get the dedication of the time, and they build them as much as you can in <laughs> a two-hour Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> um, and I like that they focused on them, and they didn't feel the need to give the the hardware store guy a backstory. And everybody just knows <laughs> Egon is the dirt farmer. They never call him by his name. They don't probably even know he was a Ghostbuster. Um, no, he just buys weird shit is what they said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's... That's it. He's always yeah, some weird stuff. But bizarre, I think is how he says it. Buy some bizarre <laughs> stuff. Uh, I appreciate that um, the way that he's kind of in the shadows throughout the entire movie, and you know, once he died, I was like, okay, so Egon's going to be in this movie a lot more, and you know, clearly he's in this house. He's going to show up at some point, and the way they sort of bring him in. He does kind of lead the family into some some things. And yes, Egon is haunting this house. <laughs> his house. But in a nice way. <laughs> yes, he's in his house. He's, you know, Adam and Barbara maitlanding this thing. But he does, he's not trying to kick anybody out. He is Casper. This is yes. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Egon the Friendly Ghost. And we were talking about this earlier in the spoiler-free section, how when Phoebe discovers this stuff with his help... Um, the first time we know for certain that Egon is there in spirit, the chessboard. Yeah, that was cool. Um, very cool. Very we, subtle. Yeah, subtle. Um, we obviously knew where it was going to go, mm -hmm. but when we saw it set up, I was like, it's nice. It's intellectual. He knows she's an intellectual. He's going to have these connections, and it's very, 
even the I feel like I could see in my head the crew member underneath with the magnet pulling the, <laughs> the piece over for the beginning of it. Now, obviously, yeah. when the when the when they start moving the pieces up, that felt very CG. But those first moments were very practical, and and it felt it felt really good. Um, and then we move down. She finds things, and it felt very eighties the way that. Egon's moving the lights around to sort of guide her, yeah. and it's she's not she's is an unrealistically smart kiddo. I believe she's twelve in the movie. Yeah, because she's she's younger than Finn, who is fifteen. So yeah, some I, no, she's yeah, she says she's twelve in front of Gozer. That's right. Yep. So there we go. Yep. So he, and he's fifteen, um, though he plays it up like he's seventeen the whole movie because <laughs> he's trying to get lucky. In two ways, and well, he's just getting made fun of the whole time, and I kind of like that. I like that it doesn't go anywhere. I'm kind of okay with that. And but he yeah, ends up hanging su- out with the kids. It's a subplot that didn't him. need to happen. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Maybe they're saving that for the sequel. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, Egon kind of guides her, so she's not. I can figure everything out. Smart. She's definitely unrealistically smart. But she still needed someone with more experience to truly, because it would have been almost too silly. But again, it is a Ghostbusters movie, um, and that's where it's like it is not this super serious thing. Like you got the little almost like like Wally esque sort of Pixar lamp moving around and being like, look over there, come on, yep. come on. and uh, like like Evil Dead, yeah, and, and it, <laughs> yeah, and it makes so much sense that. You know, oh, that's stupid. If Egon was working on something and he died there, he'll uh, based on this world, you become a ghost. We don't know how it works. We don't know what the rules are. You know, we don't have the Beetlejuice rules of you have to stay where you died or whatever, and you have to go do your counseling or whatever. But we logically, Egon would stay there, and he, based on what we learned, he's trying to save the world. He's trying to prevent the end of the world. That's why he went there. And what blew me away is how much they tear down Egon as a person so much. Oh my much. god. It hurt that me. hit me actually that actually hit yeah. me hit me hit me hard when, when they got to Ray. Ray, yeah, Ray's our first cameo. Uh yes, I'm so happy. It was not just a trick. He reopened Ray's occult bookstore, and that's all he does. Yep. <laughs> so he, he can't even afford it. That is the only True Ghostbusters 2 reference in the movie is that he opened back up Ray's Occult. And what, bad words, what made me upset, so the big thing is that Egon figured out that these massive spiritual end-of-the-world events keep happening at set dates and time. And he's tracking them, and he sees that 2021, which I bet in the original version was going to be 2020, or 2019, ironically, because, you know, things got pushed back. But they made it 2021. They CG'd a new number in there, probably, right? <laughs> That's all I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, hey, change that to 2021. But it's going through. It's, it talks about the Tunguska blast that Ray, you know, randomly referenced. Got the date wrong for. Mm-hmm. And it gets, you see, <laughs> there's 1984, the coming of Gozer with Stay Puffed. And then in the next date is 2021. I'm like, yep. all right, where the F is 1989? 
Where is it? Okay. The, the, the year that Batman killed the Ghostbusters. When, where is that? Because <laughs> it did better in the box office. What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, which is ironic that Bill Murray was considered for that movie originally as Batman. They were thinking about having him play Batman back then, which, uh, whoo, imagine that. But that was when they were thinking more campy, right? Right, yeah. But I I didn't see 1989. I'm like, okay, so was that, was Vigo not part of that same path? Because I guess Evo, uh, Vigo was his own thing. He wasn't necessarily related to Evo Shandor. So maybe that's yeah. why it wasn't referenced on this temple. But it would have been nice to see. If, if they had just put 1989 on that board of dates, I would have been okay. That would have given or, me two references. Or if they would have just... When when he was showing when when Gruberson was showing them you know like oh you didn't hear about this you know the 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 giant marshmallow man I'm sorry the the Statue of Liberty coming to life didn't make the news or YouTube at all yeah it could have even been a thing of like <laughs> didn't they read in the history books about how they had to repair <laughs> the Statue of Liberty like that's what they could have said yeah because the thing like. My son has seen clips of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. He's not quite there for the... It's it's a little intense to watch both of those movies as, at his age. But he has seen the scene where the Statue of Liberty hits the top of the Jello mold to bla bust it out. And then he's seen the scene where they're singing, and the Statue of Liberty is just crumbled on the ground, <laughs> you know, afterwards. Like, how'd they get Statue of Liberty back? Because at the end of the movie, they're, it's just there. Yeah. They're having their little, yeah, yay, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Did they slime it and walk it back? That's the only way they could have done it. Did they airlift it? Like, they could have made a joke about that. Yeah. The podcast makes one. He's like, you know, they escape off the, the marshmallow man. They fought the marshmallow man. He could have easily said, or they walked they walked down Manhattan in, a, in the Statue of Liberty and fought a marshmallow man. It could have been a throwaway line uh -huh. just to give it its, its due time outside of just Ray has a bookstore. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's anything else. Oh, speaking of Ray answering that call, we watched um, that more recent trailer live on stream, on the Twitch stream. Mm -hmm. And if you recall, when he answers the phone, I was like, I think he has a tattoo on his arm. And everybody's yep. like, I don't see it. He definitely had the Revelation tattoo on his arm. Yes. So in your face chat, <laughs> they're like, I don't see it. I think it's just, I was like, no. It's definitely a tattoo on his arm of Revelation, which was very, I know it was a little in your face, but it's like, ah, uh, maybe it was unnecessary, but <laughs> I, oh. I will say that the- <laughs> They went through some stuff. Yeah, they did. And I, <laughs> it seems like it affected Egon, maybe because he's so um, analytical and non-emotional. Mm -hmm. in, in the first movie, he's very much more science, science. Ghostbusters 2 gave him a little bit more of- what a real person would be like that was analytically minded like him. Like he felt like a person. He reacted to things a little bit better. He was not this stone cold, you know, Dana kisses him at the beginning. He has some reactions. He makes his do re Egon joke, which is my son's favorite joke in Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, he says it all the time. And Egon, in it makes sense to me that because he maybe has forced down that emotional stuff and doesn't really react the way. And Phoebe makes that comment. She's like, inside I'm vomiting, but I don't really express emotions the way other people do. Right. So Egon maybe had that. And when all this stuff happened and he felt like he was trying to save the world, his emotions came out to where he kind of went a little crazy because I cannot see Egon Spangler, our Egon Spangler, 
putting up old pieces of aluminum and scrap metal and be like, the wind is coming. Could you I, like spray painting? Could you see Egon doing Howard that? Hughes? <laughs> like I can't see him doing that. But no, no. if his spirit's broken, he's all alone. The other Ghostbusters have given up on him, which they apologize for. Mm-hmm. But how could they do that if he's dead? <laughs> yeah, I. So Egon leads Phoebe through on this path, and it is not as cheesy. It's eighties cheesy in a way that I was okay with. I said I to love, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I love that his um his lab was through a fire pole. Oh yeah, like the, in a modern <laughs> movie, they'd be like, "That's stupid," but because it's this world, yep, it's almost like a love letter to Ray that he yeah. has a fire pole in there. It's like, ah, oh, Ray loved that pole, and that's gotta, what frustrated me with with those trailers. You know, and everybody was like, "You're wrong," and yes, I was wrong, but. In the novelization, I've talked to you about this before, the the house that Ray mortgaged is assumed to be the old farmhouse, the old farmhouse that yep. Ray grew up in. And I really wish they would even they could have been a throwaway line. They could have been like, Well, you know, it was it was the old farmhouse that I mortgaged and and, and Egon took it and and desiccated it and made it all crazy and I was done with him. And because yeah. Ray specifically says I think he says it in reference to the old the old thing written on. He says Egon Spangler can burn in hell. I think he says something like that, or, is it, or yeah, go to hell, yeah. which is referencing Vankman burn in hell, maybe. And that's what he says about Egon Spangler, and it is dis- that's the first thing he says too to Phoebe. Yeah, that Egon Spangler can burn in hell, and I it hurt me as it did you because I was like, what the f <laughs> has yeah. happened? And you know they end up losing connection you know she has to get off the phone and just when he realizes that he passed away that it hits him like we can never we can never fix what's broken about the team they've all gone their separate ways ray is now running the occult books ray is the least successful of the ghost but the heart of the ghostbusters (laughs) is screwed Peter's fine. Peter is teaching advertising at a, at a school. Perfect. Right? Because that's all he cared about. He didn't care yep. about catching ghosts. Yep. He didn't care about saving the world. He cared about the business and making money. And ironically, the one making the most money is Winston, it's who Winston. is now rich because he was always looking for that paycheck. And he got into finance. And now he's he's got some he's got some dough, which might be why he's the healthiest looking of the, of the three, because he's got some good moisturizer or something, because he... He looks good. The man looks... Ernie Hudson looks good. Yes. Yes. Um, this was the Winston movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he got some fun. <laughs> he got what he has been due since the first movie. He always got dealt a bad hand, but he was humble about it, and yep. he he's loved Ghostbusters, but and he's also not the type to be like, oh, yeah, of course... Ernie Hudson's going to show up to the Ghostbusters convention because, you know, he's always got, he's, you know, got to make his money. It's like, but he doesn't hide that fact. Like, no, Ernie Hudson is like a super genuine dude. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, there's a, there's a paycheck in it. I get to see the fans. I love Ghostbusters. I loved being a Ghostbuster. It's one of the best things that ever happened to me. I love it. Why, why yeah, is that he so show, bad? He shows up to conventions in a jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the man, the man is not a fair weather <laughs> fan of his own work. <laughs> He and uh and and he finally got a swan song in this movie 
Um, so we got to jump. We'll jump ahead. Uh, a yeah, little we're all bit. over the place. Yeah, we'll, we're gonna go. Let's. We'll try to go in order, I guess. So they. Yeah, they get the equipment working. Podcast shows up, and Phoebe finally gets a friend. I felt I cared about this little girl and her journey, and her finding herself, which was part of it. And I swear to you, Adam, I swear to you, but not with an actual swear. <laughs> One seat over from me was a little girl, probably eight or nine, with her mom and dad, who, and she was the one that wanted to go see Ghostbusters. And I was like, yes, yes. yes. And it was hilarious because the trailers were running, and she was so pissed. She's like, I want to watch this movie. <laughs> And she was talking at the screen. Her mom was like, shh, shh. And I'm just over here like cracking up. I was, and I leaned on my wife. was like, this little girl gets it. Let's get, let's get some Ghostbusters going. But they did the <laughs> Spider-Man trailer um, that had recently come out. And uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to, ta- see, this is the thing. You obviously know me well, Adam, from, you know, digitally distracted. I, uh, I go on tangents, but Spider-Man, that you know, they, they pointed out that thing where the lizard is getting punched by no one. Yep, by by John Cena. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the trailer they showed on Friday before Ghostbusters, it cuts before that punch happens now. Oh. So I don't know, because I think a, a lot of that stuff gets pushed digitally to movie theaters now, the more updated ones. Yeah. They don't get like a film can. So I'm wondering if they did like a patch and updated those video files because it cuts before because he's he the lizard. I was like, oh, I need to see the punch big now because I didn't yeah. see it when I first saw the trailer. And he's like going and it cuts. I was like, oh, <laughs> your boy got caught. They anyway. gotta take they gotta take Andrew Garfield out of there somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because of course he'd punch the lizard. It only makes sense. Team up with the ones you know. Yep. But the girl, um, she was like, oh, that was cool. And then they played the Morbius trailer right after it. I think we all got the same trailers. That's what it seems like. And she was... Morbius, uh, Matrix, yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. Sing, and that, that football movie. Yeah, I didn't see that. No, I didn't see that one. I didn't see a football movie. The, I think I saw Zachary a dog Le- movie. Levi- oh. I saw, yeah, it was a dog movie with Channing Tatum. And it was called oh. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there like, well, this ain't Marley and me. I don't know what this is, but it was, it was, and it, I think it was called, I think the movie is called Dog, starring Channing Tatum and a dog. <laughs> but she, she was like boring, like at all these trailers. She was just calling it. And then when the Morbius trailer happened, she was like, well, that was just unnecessary <laughs> because it was like kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, she probably didn't know who Morbius was. All I know of Michael Morbius is the animated series, the old cartoon, when he would always say, I need plasma, because they couldn't say, like, I need to suck blood. He'd be like, I yeah. need plasma, and his little buttholes on his fingers and hands. <laughs> oh, just sucking blood up your butt. <laughs> Michael Morbius. So anyway, that was great, and I was like, this is perfect, because you have Phoebe, who's trying to find herself, and she, he's like, maybe she'll get a friend, and she, you know, she finds podcast, who does a podcast, very fitting, but it's not like... Hey, it's the modern world. It it felt like a real world. It wasn't a ton of... There was nothing that's going to unnecessarily date the movie where, you know, it's not like 89 where the one issue with Batman 89 is Prince dating it. You know, there's not a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, even podcasts podcast wasn't streaming anywhere. He had it on a he had it on, he had it on a a Rainbow Dash flash drive. And the only person, <laughs> his only movie, subscriber, his only subscriber, is Ray Stance. <laughs> you find out at the end of the move. He's like, oh, it's great stuff. And what I love about <laughs> podcast attitude is. This was this was shot in 2018, 2019, ready to come out, you know, right around 2020. Yeah. This was way before all this QAnon stuff with lizard people and all this. I mean, I know the, I know the lizard people and the Illuminati has been around for a long time, <laughs> but podcast is deep into this. He's like, and, oh, there's, and they're, they're and, definitely lizard people. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is 2021. This is this is coming off a little iffy, but. And then you have to think, oh, this was shot way before all the all the whole yeah. social media really took off as a as a as a jumping board. And yeah, I'm like okay, I'm I almost, get it now. Yeah, I'm almost glad that they yeah. got it done before, because um, it, it it it's not going to be this dumb time capsule movie, um, right? Because it it stands on its own. It it fits enough in the universe, which Dan Aykroyd did say it feels like it's part of it. It fits in the universe. It, we we basically go back to this world. Which is wild that we go back to this world in Somerville, not in New York. Like we're back in this yeah. world in in not, but it it feels like it's the same place, and we do get uh, some shots of New York at the end um, yes. as the Ecto One gets returned to the firehouse. We'll talk more about that later. By a shadowy driver, a shadowy figure, and. We, so we'll kind of jump to what I said earlier about Paul Rudd, who ultimately becomes our Lewis Tully in terms of what happens to him. And I didn't even – it never crossed my mind in the trailer when he's being chased by the terror dog that the <laughs> terror dog was there to take him and put, and have be possessed by – I had no idea that's what – duh. Why else would the terror <laughs> dog – like that's all their goal is. Is to possess a human and bring back Gozer. Why did it not hit me? Did, were you thinking that's where that was going to go? Did you think Paul Rudd was going to be possessed? I did not. I did not. I didn't. I did not think that they were going to do the whole raising Gozer thing, as th that was supposed to be the only way that Gozer could could appear. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not think it was going to be, I guess, derivative, uh, right, in the way of telling that that story. But uh, they did a good job with it. Yeah, I like I that did you not, said I, that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel let down because they kind of rehashed the last half of the original Ghostbusters, right? Because it I felt, felt like it was fresh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like okay, this is how they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And the and the little misdirection they did with Shandor that was cool. <sighs> PG thirteen, cool for sure. <laughs> um, I and I, that was J.K. Simmons. Yes. Weird. What's going on? <laughs> J.K. Simmons, take a break. You're like the Winston <laughs> Zeddemore of getting work. You just got to do everything. You're a yellow M&M at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> doing the voice of the yellow M&M. You're in the No Way Home trailer. Then you're Evo Shandor in a glass <laughs> case coffin. Uh, but, so he... The, I, the derivative term is what I was thinking. As soon as... <laughs> the funny one of the funniest things Paul Rudd does 
when he's running from that terror dog is he dives into his recently destroyed windshield to get in his car and everybody's cracking up like that is the funniest thing makes sense quickest and, way to get in your and car and then the car just goes yeah and it flattens the tires logically and i was like is he gonna get away and then when i realized when it cut away with that that snarling growl yep that sob just got possessed by a terror dog that's what they're doing and i thought the same i was like derivative mm, this is oh don't do this don't mess this up and i was okay with it and it makes sense because we saw in the trailer that portal or whatever in the mind you see what clearly was going to be gozer forming coming up yeah. so we knew gozer was going to come back and i like that it followed the rules established in the first one that yeah i mean there is no other way to bring Gozer back aside from the Keymaster and the Gatekeeper coming together. They have to possess humans. So it is going to be similar. Now, why Phoebe's mom, when she gets possessed, I mean, come on. I mean, sexiest man alive, Keymaster, Key means <laughs> penis, Gate means the other thing. I'll only say so many anatomy parts on this show. <laughs> but the one thing that did bug me, when the she dress? gets, she switches into the dress, I get it. He kind of gets shorts, like his yeah. pants get ripped up, similar to to Lewis. It's fan servicey. I get it. My that might have been where the excess happened, but the fact that it's the same dress, and the, and then they addressed it too. Yeah, yeah. They and however, one problem. Why? Why is this? Why she got heels on? <laughs> she should be barefoot. Zul's barefoot. All right. She did not wear shoes. She's got these nice high heels on. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll let it slide but it makes sense that the coming of gozer has to be by the you know key master gatekeeper coming together they take that possession the form they do their dance and gozer shows up and man the best kept secret olivia wilde is gozer yep and man did she crush it yeah um and she didn't have bubbles on her on her no, outfit oh man did they update it they kind of like <laughs> It's almost they, like, like CG lightning into her, and it's like if the power the Power Rangers reboot got Rita <laughs> yeah. Repulsa right. right. You know what I mean? Like they tried, <laughs> but this is like I was like that is cool, very like alien, like the, mm -hmm. these. It was very bony. You could kind of see yeah. through. It's like the trans. It's basically what they wish they could have done, probably in the first movie, and it was nice. It was nice. I liked and it, but it was uh, close enough to be like. It still Gozer, and the voice was perfect. And with someone who's able to speak English, Gozer can talk. <laughs> oh, man. Because uh, it was like a Russian model in the original, right? Yeah, yeah. She was. Yeah. A, I think she was a ballerina. Hey, no offense, but uh, Olivia Wilde, a little, little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better looking. <laughs> but man, they nailed it. I was, I was kind of hoping, because uh, Ivan Reitman... What did he do the voice of? Wasn't he Zool in the original? Or help? I believe so. So it would have been nice if he had kind of, but it, I saw a credit for the voice of Gozer. I don't think Olivia Wilde was even credited. Maybe not. In the credits as it was rolling, it just said voice, I think it said voice of Gozer. So Olivia Wilde not getting the credit. I wonder if they did that so that IMDb wouldn't pick it up and list her that as That could have been it too, yeah. So like, oh, we'll just keep it off and uncredit her so that we can get through the movie. But she did awesome. Her movements were were great. Um, and the, and fine. Go ahead. Gozer, Gozer was a character too. I mean, it wasn't just like 
uh, the big bad like she was she was like the last 10 minutes of the movie yeah, she was all I, over the I place was nervous. It was great. i was nervous we were going to get another all right let's get the destructor going she didn't yeah. have time they didn't give her a chance yep. to get to that far so we got we got some development from gozer we got a little a little bit of something something evo she was done playing like go ahead i mean what what happens to evo shandor adam oh he he gets the full mortal combat split rips right in half he gets yep. noob cybotted he gets one line <laughs> and just ripped up ripped apart yeah and he did nothing but bring her that he was whatever she he built all of this stuff to bring gozer worshipers and all and she's like oh like it was nothing right yep. in the camera splits that bad boy and got i got that pg-13 and they did it to be funny it wasn't scary or gross it was just hilarious stupidly hilarious but i love that the battle the final battle is against gozer and not some big thing it has to turn not, into not a door no not a door and it <laughs> felt it felt like for for better or worse the final battle felt like an indie movie and they were like all right so we're gonna sh- we're gonna shoot this outside this farmhouse and it was this small little set area where this final crazy final battle happens and it's a small little area it's not some big crazy shoot off thing that coming I mean, that kind of happens before in this yeah. temple that's in this mine but when they get out and it goes back to where the movie started with the roles a little bit changed and holding the trap to pull Gozer and trick Gozer into coming because the farm. Go ahead. Adam. Arm is a giant trap. It's a giant ghost trap because Egon wants to finish what they started because they never, they vaporized Gozer. And I guess the assumption maybe in the past was that Stay Puffed was a form of Gozer. Um, yeah, they closed the door, but they didn't. They didn't seal it. Right, and and that makes sense. That okay, got to wait for the next window, and Egon has been, he set up this crazy contraption to contain save the world constantly with their science and technology against spirits to avoid that return of Gozer, and when that gets ruined, um, it's really all Phoebe's fault. And Gruberson's fault because they hook a ghost trap up to a bus uh, battery <laughs> to see what's inside of it, and they release the Phantom Terror Dog, which, teacher uh, of the year, yeah, teacher teacher of the year, <laughs> uh, Gary. <laughs> Your name is Gary Gruberson. <laughs> I love the I love that um, man. They're like so cute. The mom and and Paul Rudd like so. I'm like, I want to see them get together. I want to see where this is going. I want more scenes with them. Uh, but we get to this point where that the protections that Egon has put in, the go, the original Ghostbusters all thought Egon was crazy and that he, he was, the business ghost sightings were going down and even if they were there, Egon didn't really care about them because he was more worried about this impending doom that he'd figured out. And he took everything from them. He took the Ecto, whatever, went off, kind of went a little nutty. And he's like, I gotta figure this out if you're not gonna help me, and left them alone. And it's been a while. It's been I don't know if they said how long. Maybe it's been ten years since they spoke or something. But what they 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 kind of they kind of miffed that up too, because uh, when Ray was complaining, he was like, he took all the equipment, he took the car, and then you know they show up 
in their jumpsuits with their equipment. And how did they get there? There was no Ecto-1A, or was there? Hmm, that is, that is what I'm kind of thinking, maybe. So yeah, we'll jump ahead. So they have to fight. They're trying to get Gozer. They don't have enough manpower. They're using the gunner seat. Um, the little mini puffs are going crazy on podcasts. He can't do anything. He gets puffed at the end. He is the Ray Stance proxy. Yep, he, got, <laughs> he got he got Ray he got Ray puffed. He got Ray puffed. He got Ray mellowed. And then it looks like they're not going to have enough. And uh, the Ghostbusters show up. The remaining Ghostbusters show up um, to cross the streams. And goes to get them uncrossed. Uncrosses the streams, and I was like, "Wow!" I mean, it makes sense because the whole thing was like they're they're paranormal cowboys. Because the whole idea yeah. of the proton stream is that it's a lasso. Um, and, and in fact, in fact, uh, Muncher breaks out of it. Yeah, yeah, you can see kind of. Yeah, it's not as obvious because he doesn't have the same digits. <laughs> But yeah, he does break out of it at one point. And the Muncher, uh, Muncher was, I did not think I would like, I thought Muncher, would, for me, would feel like a throwaway ghost. But Muncher yeah. was surprisingly likable. <laughs> and way more useful than Slimer. Slimer drove a and, bus. whoop de freaking do Muncher. But, but did he now? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, now that we've <laughs> Halloween kills this thing. Uh, but yeah, Muncher ends up helping them get the equipment out of the prison, bites through the, Muncher eats metal. <laughs> That's what we yes. we learn. I'd like to know the backstory of Muncher. That would have been interesting. And basically shoots shrapnel bullets at things. One of the more dangerous yeah, ghosts. Yeah, Muncher was a threat. Yeah, Muncher was scarier than probably any ghost from the original films outside of the Gozer team. Because if you yeah. think about it, a lot of the ghosts were more just, they felt like nuisances more than anything. Like, oh, the, the mink coat turned into animals and ran <laughs> away. Or... There's a scary thing in the archway looking at you, or there's a skeleton driving a taxi. He's not directly trying to kill you, but he's just like, yeah, you know, it pays. It's a job. But this muncher would have killed all of these children with the shrapnel. And I'm like, man, this is a little more intense. Definitely more intense than the first two films. Um, I think the most intense the first movies ever get Really, is Ghostbusters two with the yeah. heads on pikes in the yeah subway. that the, and the bathtub ghost the bathtub the slime yeah that is <laughs> and the bathtub tried to eat her kids her friend's baby her friend's <laughs> that line and 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 nanny Janos that that was scary yeah. as hell yeah with the the dalsim <laughs> yeah <laughs> grab yeah uh, for sure intense moments this one's definitely the most intense out of those and I think it's just. That sound mix, come back to that sound mix. When that trap opens, yes. everyone jumped. There were a lot of jump scares in this movie. I don't remember any jump scares in the first two movies. Just the library. Yeah, just That's about that. it for me. Yeah. yeah. But this constant, I mean, when the, mm-hmm. when, uh, the terror dog jumps out at the mom to possess her, that was like, I want to freeze frame that and see. Like, is that just a black background and they just motion animated a, an open mouth terror dog towards it? Because it was quick and loud. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, there were a lot of little jump scares like that. Uh, in the foundry, there were some, which was the Ghostbusters Afterlife Dreams level that I played was the foundry catching Munch, Muncher, which was luckily not spoiler filled. I know some people were worried I was going to spoil myself that night playing <laughs> Ghostbusters games on Dreams, but that was an interesting night. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, I missed half of it because I was I was busy watching the movie. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I gotta shout you out. You know, uh, so are you officially part of your your chapter of Ghostbusters? Ghost this, Corp. This, yeah, I am registered okay. through Ghost Corp. Um, but the group that I registered with, it was only it was only about four of us, and we've kind of split off and disbanded. One of them is in Pennsylvania right now. He okay. lives there now. Um, so I've I've kind of freelanced with this other group, the Suncoast Ghostbusters, who mm-hmm. are also registered, and uh, they do we they we do a lot of specific charity work uh when we when we do our when we do our appearances so recently for ghostbusters afterlife you guys did a charity sort of fundraiser and why don't you share because i just i mean i gotta applaud it go ahead yeah uh for 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 this entire weekend we've we've raised uh over sixteen hundred dollars for uh lymphoma research and i you you shared that on chat and i was just i may have seemed a little off um in stream but uh not to not to bring it down, but we'll bring it back up. Uh, kind of fitting for the end of the movie, too. Um, but lymphoma research is very important to me because I never really shared this ever. So this is sort of, I don't like to share a lot of details outside of, you know, what I do on the internet. Um, but my wife had lymphoma. Wow. And it was a, it was, you know, one of the most difficult times in our lives and we got through it, and it's been, you know, we've been advocates for that um, since. Um, you know, it's, uh, it is not fun. And uh, to, when I heard that you were, I was like, go, f- of all the things, you know, to see a charity, <laughs> you know, fundraiser for that, I was like, go figure. And I, just, I told my wife, and she was like, that is so great. And, and, I, and that's what's so awesome about these nerds. The Ghostbusters nerds are such a unique group because – when you see like Ghost Core and all this stuff, you think it's just some like oh, it's not it's not a money making thing. This is this is just regular people who love this franchise and are doing beautiful things with it because they all do charity ra- uh, fundraising. Um, these groups. if anything, it's a money spending yeah, thing. Yeah, is a, oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, it is. <laughs> and and to to see like the because I've seen the Connecticut Ghostbusters at Retro World Expo and they're they're always raising mm-hmm. money for children's charities and it is it is such a positive community. Um, yes, unless you're getting into the propping community where some people will get on you depending on what you use and your props. But outside of that, it's I've I've it's been amazing. I've been part of that too. It's 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 horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's in any any fandom. Yeah. Well, you know, your your uh, your uh, <laughs> proton wand is a little off. Your check your ribbon cable, or uh, <laughs> it's no different than check your Han Solo blaster. That's a little that your diameter's off. But that's just the perfectionism. But I, I'm so happy, and that's why I'm glad to be you know, tertiarily a part of, uh, the fandom because it is, it does great things. And, um, you know, there's, and there's vodka. There is. <laughs> <laughs> so to get into the downer of the movie, um, they're struggling. The beams get uncrossed the streams. And, and I was a little nervous and I had said to Noptop, I was like, you know what? I think even if it's not a great movie, if they don't do a talking ghost to Egon, I'll be okay. Even if it's subpar, I'll be like, yeah, it's fine as a movie. If they do that, I'm gonna struggle because I don't know if I if I that would be good. Mm-hmm. And I think they did it as good as they could. And the reason it worked is because it wasn't thrown in. Because in my mind, when I said I'm, I'm gonna hate it, if they have like a CGI ghost Egon, I'm gonna be 
mad. I'm going to be upset. But when they opened that movie, the way they started that movie, I feel like we knew it had to happen. Mm -hmm. And it was graceful. And he did not speak. And yep. I think that made it way more impactful. And it the 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 look was great. He looked awesome. And when they looked at him, they were all Yeah, I love that it wasn't yes, it wasn't now you're the Ghostbuster Phoebes. It was <laughs> it was Ghostbusters esque, yet it was it was dramatic, it was emotional, it was sad, and it was also goofy AF. Which was yes. fine because Peter, they looked like six times. They did eight double takes. It was, <laughs> and and Dan Aykroyd. It was like they were acting to Harold Ramis. You could yes. tell there was nothing fake about the performances. Yeah, they were a little goofy. Peter, I think <laughs> Bill Murray. Um, was horrible in the 2016 Ghostbusters. It's the only thing I'm going to say about it. I don't think his <laughs> acting was horrible. I don't know what he was if he did it on purpose or whatever. That's the only thing I want to say about that movie. It was horrible. And he did such an awesome job in this movie and in his post-credit scene. It was so freaking cute in that post-credit post scene. That post-credit scene and was adorable. Winston was so good. So good, and Ray uh, made Ray made me cry because he because you could tell on his face that he knew what he said on the phone, and then to see him and know he was wrong and that Egon was right the whole time and they abandoned him, and Egon never did anything to them, and they made you know they they slimmed Harold down a little bit from what he would have been, <laughs> but he looked good. So I don't know if they did. CG mixed with maybe prosthetics or, or how they did it. I was trying to figure that about Donald Pleasance because he returns, spoilers, and Halloween Kills, they had a flashback scene of Loomis, if you've seen it. Spoilers, if you haven't seen it, Adam. <laughs> I assume you've oh, I seen have. it. I'm sure. I have, and I, and I know all about the Donald Pleasance guy, too. So. Okay, good. So that was apparently not CG, right? No, that was all prosthetic. Yeah, and I... I they, they, they got an actor that kind of looked like him, mm -hmm. and then they just molded his face. Yeah, well, that's this looked so good. I don't know what they did. I think it was CG, but if it was, good. It didn't look like some stupid <laughs> deep fake or something. You know, it felt right. real, and it worked. And it was a little emotional. So basically, he appears. He helps Phoebe steady, steady her mm -hmm. wand, and then he. I did not expect this. I thought he was that was going to be it. He joins the Ghostbusters. And it's nice to see them together. And you think it's going to be overly cheesy. And they perfectly break the tension and the emotion with the goofiness. And, and, and Bill Murray looking over. He's just like, all right. You know, I mean, <laughs> because why would they be surprised? He died there. They know yeah. he's a ghost. And that's their business as ghosts. And I love how much the PKE meter gets screen time in this movie. I loved, I loved the Geiger meter. Personally, I did, I did too. And I, thought that I loved too. that. I had a prop Geiger meter when I was in high school, <laughs> and it was awesome. Somebody that used to work on the Universal Studios shows props made it for me um, back in the old GB Props forums days, which was a very different world back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so, see the PKE meter used um, 
in that way and almost never used using the taser stuff that was just kind of like a fun little hey look they've updated it let's get a little prongs on there but her following and using it and actually seeing how accurate it is like it's almost kind of stupid like (laughs) i thought it just would know in the room whether or not there was an aura but it is literally a ghost compass and that is confirmed now because it is literally (laughs) how many times it was almost stupid oh oh. Oh, nope and oh here we go this is the direction i need to walk exactly <laughs> and it's like how does that work when you're upstairs <laughs> shouldn't you be down like this if he's downstairs but um I, I love how much that got and and just that pk meter that she used to follow and then meet up with egon as he led her down the way to find all this equipment and fix it and you finally see the cyclotron get opened up and that's what the hasbro pack that was announced is is going to do yes. so quick so- aside we talked about the hasbro pack you're like i don't know now, what are you thinking now about this Hasbro pack? It's a $400 Proton pack. It's going to hit that first stretch goal, so we're going to get the attachment hose for the wand. After seeing it's, the movie, go. It, it's still, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's the pictures. It still looks too thin for me. Okay. It doesn't It doesn't look one 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 to me. Mm-hmm. It may be a little bit off, but again, it could be just the the pictures because all the, the pictures model. say... I think it's the model. I think that's a big fella. And the fact that it doesn't have the Alice frame. Yeah. It being suctioned. But they did <clears> confirm <throat> it co- It will come with mounting hardware and all mm-hmm. the holes are drilled to attach an actual Alice frame to it, which is, that's what and convinced for all the, me. And for all the, the ghost heads out there, it is an LC1 Alice frame, not an go. LC2. There you go. There you, you know, go. It's got, the thi- it's, it's got the thin waist waistband and not the fat one. Unfortunately, but, I only have fat ones because I couldn't find an LC one. But here we are <laughs> on my spirit I, packs. <laughs> I, I do like the. I do now respect more the guts inside because it was. It's part of the movie now. Yeah, and and what threw me? You oh, let's go back to this tangent. Tangents abound. Uh, you were talking about them. Maybe there is an Ecto one A. How did they show up with equipment? So the one thing we find out, Winston's super rich. So Winston could have got them. Got them there. I wonder if they came in on a freaking the the real Ghostbusters helicopter because Winston's so rich. <laughs> like you see more of that in the post credit scene. Um, I feel yes. bad because some people, Noptop included, guess you're not that smart, are you, Noptop? He he all he's like, yeah, I stayed for the credit scene. I was like, oh, so you know about Winston's uh, big, you know, sort of swan song? And he's like, what? He stayed for the the little one, not the after the credits credit scene. And that's like a whole, it was like a whole little short film. Right. They included a deleted scene from the first movie and they fixed it up and. Wowzers is all I'll say. Yeah. Inspector Gadget Wowzers. He, so <laughs> the packs, they, I'm wondering if the reason they had equipment is, are those the packs? Because they clearly had more than four. You know, they had to have more than four. So maybe Egon grabbed most of the equipment. And, I, but yeah, the fact that they had suits, they had to have more than one suit. We didn't really see much of what they were wearing because it yeah. was sort of in the shadows. But in the back, the new cyclotron is not a cycling slow thing. It is like a speedy, it's like an actual whipping, cyclotron, like yeah. a gigameter almost spinning through, even on the ones that the, the old guys had when they show up. So I, I wonder, I really do wonder. Um, I think the Ghostbusters 2 stuff, they wanted to stay away from it because they just didn't want to deal 
with the logo. I think they just didn't want to deal with seeing a <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 logo, right? I think that's all it was. I really think Probably. that's all it was. Um, but they could have... that Dude, you just said it. That's all they had to do. They could have pulled up in the Ecto-1A. That's it. If, they, if the <laughs> Ecto-1A was back there, it'd be like, phew. Winston's been keeping track of this one. You could have fixed this up. I mean, come on. And it would make sense because he was the car guy. Yeah. And Winston gets, he at the end, he sees, he's like, what did they do to you? And he's <laughs> like, I'm going to take you home. And he takes the Ecto-1 home at the end of the movie. We get the Ghostbusters theme. Um, needless to say, they catch Gozer. <laughs> in case you didn't <laughs> pick up on that. Uh, and after the credits um, start, we get our first scene and it says with, I think it says with or and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what do we get, Adam? We get a really adorable scene that Peter and and Dana are married. Finally, pull and, it off. Yes, and uh, we find out how psychically trained Peter really is. <laughs> he marks the cards, and despite her doing the cards, she doesn't even know for sure, and she still shocks him. <laughs> Every single yeah. time. Um, yeah, he's hooked up to the shocking machine. Yep, he's like, oh, I only shocked the guys. And that <laughs> scene is so well acted and so sweet and genuine. Yeah, it's fan service Again, yeah. go ahead, service yeah. me. I pay for services. And, and it's a fantastic send-off for the, for, the, for the passing of the torch, basically. Yeah, the only person that, again, gets screwed is Ray. Man, he gets a bad hand dealt to him, and he's the father of the Ghostbusters. Like, he he gets, he's poor. Winston is secretly, possibly secretly, paying for Ray's occult bookstore to stay open because he has not turned a profit yet, and it's been 30 <laughs> years. Winston is secretly paying the rent because he's rich. Um, Winston gets, Winston at the end repurchases the firehouse, which I believe was being used as like a, Oh, he said. He said the. Well, they. Uh, They're like. So, Ray said. Yeah. Ray said that uh, that uh, an actor bought the whole block and turned it into a Starbucks. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and, he, and they said something about they were doing something out of the firehouse specifically. I thought it was like something like a seamstress or something. I don't know. Might be off. But <laughs> Winston repurchases the firehouse, brings back the Ecto One, implying they're going to work on it. Um, meanwhile, you got. Peter, who's happy, he finally got Dana, who he does not deserve. He's never <laughs> deserved Dana Barrett. He he has always been unlikable, and yet we kind of root for the guy. Yeah, like we root for the guy who had who had Thorazine and on him on a date. Super unlikable. Um, trying to get with students uh, at the college. <laughs> And he still gets the girl. They got married. Maybe he got better. But I will say, Ghostbusters 2, what was nice about Ghostbusters 2 is Peter was so much more likable mm -hmm. in Ghostbusters 2. And it was more silly. Like his, And he was so funny in Ghostbusters 2. In the first one, he's funny, but he's like, this guy's kind of an a-hole. Like, come on. Like, yeah. we get it. But Ghostbusters 2, I, I liked him so much more. I love when he jumps on the bed. And he's bouncing around. At least he's like, hello, Dana. <laughs> hello, Dana. And he's like, hey, come on. This is my place. <laughs> and what's the sleeping arrangement? And he, no issue is like, I will take the couch. You and the baby can sleep in the bed. That is yeah. not the Ghostbusters 1 Peter Venkman. No. He'd have no. been like, uh, you're on your own. Uh, you can go well, he had all, all new cheap moves. So. Yeah, exactly. They kind of explained it away. And it felt like this 
Peter was a mixture of those two, but the one in that scene was Ghostbusters. That was a Ghostbusters 2 scene. It almost looked like it was lit like Dana's old apartment. It almost felt like yeah. Dana's old apartment. And um, that was so sweet. I wished that Sigourney Weaver had more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw that ring in that trailer. I was like, all right, he married Dana. Clearly, this is this is where this went. And again, Ray gets nothing. Peter's happy. <laughs> He's got Dana. He's a professor. Winston's rich. And Ray has books. <laughs> <laughs> and well, he'll be happy. Of- he'll be happy. You know, he's got he's got the Ghostbusters open eye up again. He'll be back to being puppy dog Ray with a pole. Yeah, yeah. Winston basically uh, bookended the movie and said, "Always be a Ghostbuster." He cares about the Ghostbusters. He buys the firehouse. He gets the Ecto One back. He's gonna restore it, and we see the containment unit, and it's there's a light flashing. Something's a flashing, which means, well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. They wouldn't have cleared it out. Like, there's something right. still going on in there. You couldn't turn it off. Yeah. And they wanted to give that, just in case, leave that option. It would have been nice if it was completely lock the key, we're done. That would yeah. have been, it would have been a classy move. And I also think it would have been classy if we never saw Egon. It would have been yeah. classy. And at first I was thinking... I, at first I was like, really? And then I was like, I kind of like that he's moving the lights around and pointing her in the right direction. He's swinging doors open. You don't see Oh, I him. absolutely love that. It was it was very, very like Joe Dante. Like like you said, it was like Gremlins. Yeah. Um, but my one of my f- absolute favorites is uh, when she's like, when she's like, how did you build a cyclotron so, so, so small? And he, and he, the lamp goes right to his degrees. She's like, I get it. You're, you're a genius. <laughs> Hilarious. And uh, it, it would have been interesting, but I guess to have him be a part of that final scene, you couldn't have him be a non-visible spirit. Yeah. Because it wouldn't you wouldn't feel like he was there. And if he had spoken, I think it would have. There were a couple moments where it looked like he was about to say something. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, they could have blown it and been like, hey, who are you going to call? Like, he could have done something dumb like that. I'm like, ooh. I mean, they already did that with the police chief. You get one call, who are you going to call? I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I heard people in the theater, and the th- I was like, come on. And when they saw Lucky there, they're like, Lucky's dad's going to be Winston, the police chief. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> Too easy. Not cool. That would be dumb. Because if that's true, he would know what was going on with Egon, and he would not have left him alone. Okay, uh, so we, maybe there's going to be a sequel. I believe you'll know, but I think they said that there's like a draft for a sequel already, or they have the idea. Is that true? I guess it, I don't know. I, I guess it all. I, I, I would imagine there's tons of drafts out there. Yeah, I'm sure they have for, ideas, for... but if if Jason Reitman's not doing it, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the same people. Don't touch it. Leave it. Yeah. Leave that lingering thing. And it could just be that thing of it's beeping. There's still ghosts out there. They're gonna franchise it up, and it, that we just assume that Ghostbusters came back and and they're out there protecting the world and making money off the franchise rights. Because uh, yeah. Winston it was likes funny. To make money. Last night we were uh, after after our bust. We were we were having dinner mm-hmm. and. Uh, we were discussing our own fan theories about certain things in the movie. And one of the ones that caught me that could have happened because Winston's like, yeah, I built the whole, I built my whole empire off of just one employee. And I was thinking, and they were like, 
you know what? I bet that one employee was Lewis. Mm, it's a shame that Rick Moranis, like, he, it seems like he just didn't want, he decided to come out of retirement to do another Honey, I Shrunk movie. Right. Uh, I guess. At least that's the rumor. Yeah. Um, Disney money. Yeah. But what would he have done? You know? Yeah. This is clearly Ghostbusters 1, Janine. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about that. I like that they didn't make it because the original implied that Egon and Janine were going to have a thing. Yeah. And then they just ignored it in the second movie completely. Uh, and this one hinted at that they were close, but that there was nothing outside of that. They were friends. She even says they were friends. They were just very close, it seemed. Um, yeah. As close as you could be with Egon. <laughs> and yeah, they have this scene where, you know, she's talking, they, they show this deleted scene, which we've not seen a lot of those deleted scenes. It'd be nice. There's got to be more stuff out there that uh, they're waiting. They're going to drop that. It's like the Eric Stoltz footage with audio. It's coming. <laughs> uh, they they tie the scene to her having this coin. It's like, so I have another one. Um, I might <laughs> the not 68 world fair yeah I might not come back that's right I have a second one <laughs> and, and <laughs> she's there talking with Winston and so I wonder if she's the employee that Winston took it must be her that's true too yeah. because she was sitting there talking I, mean, to me. I started with one employee I'm assuming it was her because she seemed pretty doing well she looked great uh, Annie Potts looked yeah. great um, and we went to uh, this Second and Charles. We dropped by Second and Charles after the theater, which is a used bookstore, and they have all kinds of other stuff. And uh, I bought a couple things there, and we're checking out, and I got a Ghostbusters thing. I was like, oh, yeah, we just saw the movie yesterday. And he was like, he's like, that Annie Potts, she's still got a mouth on her. That's what the guy said. <laughs> and I was like, all right. That's what you took away from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Annie Potts still has a mouth on her. <laughs> Oh man! Also, I was wondering when they, when they were doing when podcast was doing research on Gozer, was he reading from Tobin's Spirit Guide? Hmm, that's a good question. It was in a book. Man, yeah, I I gotta see it again. I'll definitely see it one more time. I rarely see movies more than once. The only other movie I saw twice was uh, Terminator Genesis for some reason. <laughs> Well, we won't get into I've that. I've seen that movie once. We won't get into that. But um, <laughs> so this one I'll definitely see again. And uh, it's definitely going to be a movie that I'm going to, you know, be hunting for those little things now. But I, I might have to see it three times because I saw it once and that was like you did. We watched it as fans. Right. Now we can watch it as we're just I can just I don't have to worry about missing anything now. I can just watch it. And then I might have to watch it again, which would be my. What can I find? Yeah, your um, Easter egg hunt. Yeah. It was exciting to see the, the Aztec whistle. That was a fun little gag, yeah. the ghost whistle, because I bought the ghost whistle toy. That oh, yeah. came out, and I was like, oh, that's cool that it's an actual thing. It would have been really cool if it made it look like that, but they wanted to go with the line, <laughs> and that would have been maybe a little too spoilery. I don't know, but it's a neat, And we got to very see Egon's toy. spores, molds, and fungus. Yes, we finally got to see the collection, which we never saw before. Um, man, if they had just a throw again, a throwaway line that, well, the land was originally Ray's parents, and um, <laughs> you know, Egon did something with the the mortgage paperwork to take the debt over because they, they kept talking about all that debt Egon had. Maybe he took it over for Ray because he knew it was near Evo Shandor, and he's like, "I'll take it," 
I'll take yeah. all the debt so you can do your bookstore thing, maybe. And that's why there's a fire pole in it. Maybe Ray put the fire pole in it, and they were storing <laughs> equipment there. And then yeah. he just sort of shut Ray out of it. I don't yeah. know, whatever. Who cares maybe, about the maybe you're, maybe you're just Maybe we're just channeling the first draft. I'd love to see those first drafts. They would have to have a, <laughs> have, an, have a stream where I just go through like the early drafts of <laughs> the scripts for what they were doing. Because I think they even said like, they were this was in the works many years ago yeah um like almost side by side with the reboot attempt so i don't know i i remember the whole problem with with uh, bill murray not agreeing to three because he just didn't want to do it anymore mm -hmm. and his his main caveat was he wanted to be dead and be a ghost and and that kind of thing so yeah. and it was kind of cool to see, for me also, to see um, them bring Harold back as a ghost because him and Bill Murray had a huge falling out after Groundhog Day because yeah. they didn't get along very well. And it was kind of like a kind of like a, a real-life recon reconciliation because I don't think he ever got to, they ever got to re reconcile before uh, Ramus' passing. Yeah, not, not uh, in the way that I think they would have wanted and it's yeah. it's it's very unfortunate because they were I mean they were tight stripes yeah. you know like they did so Caddyshack. much Caddyshack Caddyshack I mean the the directing it's just kind of uh, yeah whenever I think about Groundhog Day I think about <laughs> his get him getting his uh, like getting his scan and Harold Ramis playing the doctor and he's like at least nothing that I can see Mr. Connors like just the way he <laughs> oh man if he could have been in more stuff but he just always seemed like such a nice sweet guy yeah. and um, I don't think there were really dry eyes even if you aren't as like unnecessarily invested as you and I are in, in what Ghostbusters is or means to us and it means different things and it's like oh really you're that in all that over a ghostbuster a ghost comedy <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. Wh why not what wouldn't it's it'd be way lamer for me to not enjoy it right for us to not be you cried over a go a ghost harold ramus yes we are uh humans with emotions and we care about things and you may not care <laughs> about them and it yeah. doesn't change what we care about and that's what's great about art you know yeah and i don't know what the future holds for ghostbusters i don't know what the future holds for how this movie's going to be seen but in this moment i am satisfied okay it's the snickers bar trilogy i'm satisfied <laughs> it it felt good i want to see it again and i, I don't want to see it again to nitpick it i want to actually be entertained by it again my wife really liked it my wife did not like 2016 my wife really liked this a lot of people didn't and um <laughs> you know each to their own and i think it was a good bookend and there's like 10 percent that i would have done different to make it like whoa this is too good we don't deserve this level i think this <laughs> is exactly what we deserved right um and maybe it didn't go too above and beyond but it's well shot cinematography is really good the sound mix is good the acting is great the story is heart this ghostbusters movie has the most heart which dan Aykroyd keeps talking about there's so much heart in it yeah i don't know if i believe bill murray when he says the script 
is what got him. I don't know. I know Paul Rudd said when he read that script, he's like, I have to be in this movie. That he was like so impressed with it. And it came, it was made with love. There was pictures of Jason Reitman on the set of Ghostbusters 2. Oh, behind the camera? Like, the writing is on the wall. You could not, you can't, you couldn't script what this ended up becoming. Like, he thought he'd make a He-Man movie, but he made (laughs) Ghostbusters threequel one thing one thing that that bothered me about just the title ghostbusters afterlife was the european title is ghostbusters legacy and i like that so much more it is nice because it is his family legacy Um, yeah afterlife is almost too on the nose because it's literally what egon does after he dies yep um i mean the whole movie is ghostbusters afterlife mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm and you know, as soon as I saw that first scene, like I said, that's I was like, okay, it's going to happen. He's going to be the throughput um, mm-hmm. that pushes the story along, and I think it was fine. He even he even fixes the wiring to get the Ecto to turn <laughs> on. Um, and that's, you know what? It's fine. I think the only thing I didn't I didn't care for was like the punk rock music in the field, which I mentioned when he finally gets the Ecto. <laughs> I don't even know what that song was, but I'm no music aficionado. That was the only one that stood out to me as like, all right, well, it's not Fallout Boy, at least, um, from 2016, but <laughs> it'll do. It'll do. Uh, I enjoyed it. The Ecto did way more than realistically it should be able to do on the road. Especially after that nosedive <laughs> yeah, onto like, the road. It did not look like that damage existed in the next scenes, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, it was it was just the right amount of action. Just The dialogue was great. I was never bored. It's a yeah. two-hour, four-minute movie, and I could have... I love it when at the end of a movie, I'm like, mm, just another 20 minutes would have been so good. It left me wanting a little bit more of something. And uh, and you know what it was? At the end, they defeat Gozer. And just like Bill Murray's Peter Venkman would be, Bill Murray really just is Peter Venkman. That's the problem. <laughs> like Jack Nicholson was the Joker, but the Joker was just Jack Nicholson. Peter Venkman is just Bill Murray. <laughs> Think I think Bill Murray was too much in this. You think he was, was on? Go ahead, talk. He was that. on too much. Like every single line was a one-liner for him, and I was just like, okay, be a little bit more Let's of a character. A I could see. Yeah, that. I could see that. This I liked the subtle things better for sure. He definitely felt like Peter Venkman. It was not a parody of Peter Venkman, but yeah, I yeah. thinking about it, I would agree. He did, but it was like stop. It, it was like it was like thirty years of pent up Vankman just needed to come out. That is what it felt like, and it, and it was, but it was performed so much better than what he did in twenty sixteen. Um, yes, because maybe it was an actual character that mattered. But I think the the line where I felt that I didn't feel it much, but there was one part where he did the monologue, and it mm-hmm. was the it was a rehash of his Ghostbusters two monologue that he said to vigo which was only a carpathian would come back now and he's like only <laughs> you would come back now and blah 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 and it's like this weird thing where he's talking about like they were like they had a sexual relationship or something he's like oh you're gonna come back to me now and now we're gonna after all we've been through it's like why do you i'm not quite i'm not on board with this <laughs> but then at the end it's like let's go in we'll get some hot cocoa some of us will have yeah. rum in it that was peter vankman <laughs> This is happening. Yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah, some of us have rum in it. And they went into the house. I was like, I am so mad the movie's over. 
because yes. I wanted to follow them into that effing house and just see it. I wanted the shawarma scene yeah. for Ghostbusters Afterlife in the end credits. And that's what I thought we were going to get. I thought we were going to get – I thought that first post credit scene was going to be them sitting around and just saying a couple things. They're just like – they just saved the world and they're sitting around because that's what it felt like. To an extent, yep. though in the first movies, it was literally a big sale of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, and they drive away, and they're all haggard, and they're putting their packs away, just them sitting down, drinking, and being like, how you guys been? Because <laughs> like, they've not... <laughs> right. Like, how's the bookstore, Ray? And like, just I wanted to see, I wanted to see Peter pull his ear like he did in Ghostbusters <laughs> too, but man, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm happy it wasn't perfect. But nothing's going to be perfect for everybody. There might be some people right. like it's exactly what they wanted. Yeah. And um, I think you might have some more qualms with it than I did. But I think that second showing is going to solidify more what we really are going to think about it long term. It had a 95% audience score. And I don't really yes. pay attention to those. But it's pretty big for the audience score. This seems to be the new trend now. If the critics are low, the audience is high. If the audience is low, the critics are high because they can't just shut up and just if you want to watch it go watch it because <laughs> it's not gonna i never i've never looked at a rotten T- Tomatoes score on a movie i was gonna see and been like oh well yeah exactly i'm gonna let me get i'm gonna get the theater on the phone right now cancel it cancel the <laughs> tickets <laughs> cancel the popcorn no. no and it's that's that's the reason uh i do my my podcast is because I like I what what I say is that we're celebrating cinema one episode at a time, and that's what we want to do is we want to we want to celebrate these movies even though they're not for everyone mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing it's art art is subjective it's going to be different for every single person and I always say there's no such thing as a bad movie there's just a movie you don't like yeah yeah and there could be a poorly made movie but that still yeah. doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, because no one sets out to make a bad movie. Mostly no, mostly no. Though I, I mean, come on, I love Weekend at Bernie's too. Nobody's perfect. I love Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> I love Clean Slate with Dana Carvey. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> you know what, Adam? We should probably stop because, good lord. <laughs> but I want to say uh, thank you so much for going on this journey with me. I'm I'm sure our thoughts will be like, oh man, but now I'm thinking about this and that. But <laughs> you can only say so much. Um, the conversation can continue in the comments, and maybe you know if I come back on the Cinemadness podcast and we do talk about uh, what is the deal, what's the deal with Ghostbusters two? You know, maybe yeah, we, we can. We'd love to have you on for Ghostbusters. We can have too. a little side uh, sidebar conversation. I'll take us down a tangent on Afterlife again after some repeated viewings. And uh, last thing I want to ask because you know what, I got to use this platform for something. If anybody out there has the AMC Ecto, uh, please let me know. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not paying a hundred dollars for it. Okay, <laughs> like I'm so mad. I the only thing I got in it was I managed to get the mini puffed popcorn bucket. I was like, he was like, all right. So, what kind of popcorn? I was like, don't open it. Just give it to me. I'll pay whatever. I don't don't want don't put buttery popcorn in it. I got one of those, and the guy next to me got one, and he's like, man, I'm gonna sell this for a hundred dollars. I'm like, that you you make me sick. I I, give me that. I just wanted the Ecto, even the Ghostbusters, and he had a Ghostbusters shirt on. I was like, you're a fan, and you're doing this to us. Don't get it if you don't want it. I just want one. Uh, But apparently. 
you know, might have some luck. You said they might be posting it online for purchase, which would be so nice of them to do. Why not? They got the molds. Just do it. It's yeah. money. It's just money. Yeah. Um, I never, I never understood limited edition things. I'm like, you don't want to make you, you don't want to make more money. Fifteen, literally, only fifteen came to my state. <laughs> they only shipped fifteen to the entire state. <laughs> Why? Well, <laughs> well, to be fair, you know, you don't have a big state. Oh dang. ah dang (laughs) well adam you kind of hinted at it but you know thank you so much for being here it was a great conversation glad to have a chat with a a true ghost head uh where can they find more of that aka you well well, you can the easiest way to find us is uh cinemandaspodcast.com it is a jumping point to all of our media uh we we do articles not just a podcast. We have our YouTube channel, which is also uh, it's just YouTube. You search for Cinemadness Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cinemadness P. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook and and uh, even TikTok at Cinemadness Podcast. Well, I think we have share our secrets now. That's our <laughs> social media for for just us. <laughs> I think I post a TikTok uh, once every quarter. <laughs> All I do is post. Uh, I think it, I think it's a minute and a half uh, audiogram of our of our recent episode. That's what that's I all should I ever do. do. That's what I should do, but I just can't. can't do. I only have sixty one followers, so hey, I'm I'm still way behind you. You're gonna so. get a few. I highly recommend you check them out. They're a great crew: Allison, Roman, Adam. That's that one. Uh, highly recommend checking out. Good conversation. Just good, good old family friendly time. I've been on there myself. It's a great conversation. If you don't, if you don't check it out, at least check out the episode I was on. Come on, come on. That's right. It's on YouTube. I mean, people like videos. Can't hurt you. Can't hurt you. You know. And, then they and I have to. Say, I have to say, yeah. every Thursday, every Thursday, at least Allison says say hi to Dave for me. So doesn't get sweeter than that. The sweetest, sweetest. And Roman sweetest. gushes every time you mention him. So oh, well. You better listen to this whole thing. So make sure you guys check out the Cinematic Spot. Friends of the Game Dave show and Digitally Distracted. I want to say thank you to everyone out there. You can catch me. You know where. Here on your podcast platform of choice. GameDave.com exists. NostalgiaVision.com exists. FamiCorner.com exists. And they all just go to the YouTube channel. (laughs) And of course, you can leave some comments. You can find me on Twitter. And you know what? Thank you so much for getting digitally distracted with us.